Welcome to the Hill City Church Podcast. We are a church family located in Springfield, Missouri. You can learn more about us and support our ministries at hillcitysgf.org. Hey, we have something pretty exciting going on here today. So adults, I need you to help me. We have our third through fifth graders who will be joining us starting today and all summer. They'll be coming in the gathering in the theater. And I just want to let them know how happy we are that they are here. I love it. Now, let me talk to you guys, you third through fifth graders. I want you to do something. Um, Sometimes I can be hard to listen to. I understand that. I have four kids too. But what I would like you to do, if you have a pen and paper, and if you don't, that's okay, I would like you to just maybe take notes about one or two things that you heard me say, or maybe that you can even just draw a picture of something uh, that that is related to something that I've said this morning. And then when we're done here, I'd love for you to bring them up to me. Uh, Down here, I'll be in front of the stage when we're done, and I'd love to see any of your notes or your pictures uh, that you might draw during this gathering. So But I just want you to know, third through fifth graders, that I'm pumped. I'm going to look at, I see a lot of you, I'm going to try to look at you, and I'm excited you're in here. This is cool, sitting by your parents. This is good stuff. So let's jump in. We're starting a new little short mini-series today. And the the mini-series is on work. So why work? Why this series? i got to be honest with you. It's not like this uh, epiphany thing. Um, Daniel just kind of picks the series. And he's like, hey, you want to do a little series on work? we got a little bit of about three weeks. He goes, what about something on work and rest? And I'm like, okay. And that's kind of how we got here. (laughs) But then as I started studying this and looking at it, um, man, I started paying a little bit more attention to some things that are going on around us, even things within our church. Um, And I have no doubt that this series isn't God-ordained. God is sovereign. He has us in this series. I hope to bring some encouragement to you through this series. I hope that... Maybe some of our perspectives around work might change uh, as we go through this three-week series. Now, there's something going on, and specifically within the 417, and it's and and that's I haven't traveled, so I think it's going on all over our country, but I know for sure it's going on in the 417. I'm going to talk to it. I'm going to speak to that here in a minute, which is kind of another why of this series, why I believe the Lord has us. But I'm not going to tell you yet, but, there's some, but, but I will get into that. But the first thing we need to do is we just need to start with the basic sort of theology of work. right? All, all of you work. Your work will not make sense to you unless you sort of place it and see it within the context of the big story, right? Here at Hill City Church, we're always talking about the story, the gospel, the story, God's story from Genesis to Revelation and even on into what we would maybe call the 29th chapter of Acts, right? We are still going. The story is still being written. Creation, fall, redemption, restoration. And just to be clear, so I know we have a lot of young kids, and they're learning great, great things upstairs. But there are 66 books, right, that make up one book. And 75% of that book, the Bible, is actually Israel's story that is in the Old Testament. That's 75% of our Bible. And so much of that is even about work. I'm going to give you a few examples, okay? In Nehemiah, who's heard of Nehemiah? Right? Like, Israel was, or uh, Jerusalem was a disaster. The walls were crumbled, and they needed 
to get back and rebuild the walls of this city. And there's a sentence within Nehemiah. It's the sentence. It's this. And the people had a mind to work. Big part of Nehemiah. We get into Proverbs. Hopefully you guys have been reading some Proverbs, the wisdom literature. And how many times do we read uh, the sentence, go, go to the ant, you sluggard. Hey, pay attention to the ant and how the ant works. And then do that. That's a wise thing to do. How about Leviticus? That's a fun one. Everybody spent a lot of their quiet time in Leviticus. The sacrificial system. Man, you want to see work. Go read the sacrificial, oh my gosh, bloody work, nasty work. But here at our church, we talk a lot about the story of Scripture, the meta-narrative. As a good friend, that's a word I've learned here in the last few months. I'm going to try to use it a lot. I feel smart. The meta-narrative of Scripture, the epic story. And work is a very important part of that story. So, so, so listen, this topic of work merits our attention. Most of our time in life. Most of our waking time in life is spent working. The, the, the data says that a third of our lives, a third of our lives awake are spent working. One third. And all the moms in the room go, no, no, three thirds, please. Three thirds of my life is spent working. I know. I get it. I do get it. That's a fact. Work. The Bible actually starts with work. Our God works. Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created. That's work. Are you seeing this? Like the first sentence of the Bible is that our God works. You go to chapter 2, and it even says it more clearly. Now this is chapter 2, verse 1. Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done. And he rested on the seventh day from all of his work that he had done. So he blessed the seventh day and made it holy because God rested from all of his work that he had done in creation. God works. And then the Bible says this, that we were created in God's image. Which means this, we were created for work. The Bible will back this up. Genesis chapter 2, we were there, chapter 2, look at verse 5. When no bush of the field was yet in the land, and no small plant of the field had yet sprung up, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the land, and there was no man to work the ground. Go to verse 15. The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and keep it. Man was created for work. We were set apart. We were created. We were set apart, and we were given a job. What was the job? Well, Genesis one twenty eight says it, and then another another time, another job is mentioned in Genesis chapter two verse nineteen. Let me read it. I'm gonna read a lot of scripture today. I have no slides today. You know, thousands of years they've been going to church without slides. It's worked out okay. If you'd like to see my notes, I'll give them to you. All right. 
There's a ton of scripture. You can write them down. You can get them from me afterwards. Genesis 1.28, and God blessed them, and God said to them, this, this, is, this is a job that he was given or that he gave man. Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. I created man, and I gave him a job that wasn't just the only job. Genesis 2:19. Check this. Check this out. Now, out of the ground, the Lord God had formed every beast of the field and every bird of the heavens, and brought them to the man to see what he would call them. And whatever the man called every living creature, that was his name. The job. Name all of these creatures. See, God created. God. God was a worker. God works. He created us in his image. This makes us, people, mankind, man and women, the pinnacle of God's creation. We are different from the animals. We are image bearers with an eternal soul. Now let me just talk briefly about when, when we say we are created in the image of God. In the ancient Near East, what, what rulers would do, what, what, the, what the person in authority would do, the king, the person in authority, they would put images, statues, or pictures up all over the area in which they had authority. They would put their image all over and cover where they exercised authority. So when we read in Genesis that God created man in his image, that is what he was doing over all of the earth. He was putting his image over all of the planet and he was saying, this is mine. I have authority here. Where? Over all of the earth. Psalm 46.10 says, Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in all the earth. That was the plan from Genesis 1. And listen, right now, today, Sunday, all over this world, God is being exalted. And there are times we don't, it doesn't feel like it. And listen, he is not even being exalted to the degree of which one day he will be exalted again over all the earth. But that's what we are here for. God created mankind. He gave him a job. And, and it, was, it was as if God said, here's the deal. I'm creating you. I don't need you, but here's what I want you to do. Stand in for me. That's what it means. To be created in God's image. Stand in for me. I want you to be on the earth. Your job is, is sort of as under kings. I am the king. You are my under kings. And work is something that God does. And work is something that we do in his place as his representatives. Listen, this is why work, hear me. This is why work gives dignity. You ever think about that? Dignity. The reason work gives dignity is because it was God's idea. So, so let me go back to what I said at the beginning. There's a troubling thing happening in the 417. There is. I've experienced this. We, we have people in our church that own businesses. Specifically, there's a, even there's a restaurant that a lot of you go to. And then the owners are part of our church, and they just sent out this message on Facebook, and it's like, listen, I'm sorry to say this, I'm just going to be brutally honest, but like, we have to start closing our doors earlier. We cannot stay open to serve our community. Why? They cannot get people to work. 
so that they can't even keep their doors open long enough. Listen, that is a problem. And we cannot be a church that says we are for the city and, not, and this not bother us. It is not good for our city to see what is going on in our city. You can drive all over town. Everywhere you drive, help wanted, help wanted. There are incentives just to take a job, hiring bonuses. Listen, and they've even went further. Now they're just saying, we'll give you 50 bucks if you'll just come in for an interview. This is going on. This is not good. And I thought, listen, because, listen, I'm going to tread very lightly here, trust me. But listen, this isn't something that should be politicized. I'm just, I'm just giving you some reality of something going on in our culture. And as I was studying for this, I'm not kidding, it's like, boom, it hit me. Because the Bible, this book that is my authority, says this, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. Listen, there is an attack on work in our society. And it isn't attributed to any human. Work was God's design. Satan hates work. I think that's what's going on. And as a church, as a church that's going to be for the city, we need to start praying for the 417. That the Lord would bring healing even in the arena of work. Work brings dignity. It was God's idea. Psalm 8.3, when I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him, yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands. That's why work brings dignity. Hear me, in our most perfect human state. I, we just lived in Genesis 1 and Genesis 2. There was no, sin had not even come on the earth yet, and there was work. In our most perfect human state, we were designed for work. It is in our wiring. God wired us to work. Now listen, have you guys ever known anyone, right, that just doesn't need to work? And here's what I mean by that. Maybe it's like they've worked their whole lives, they've, re, they've retired. Or maybe They've just, they've just got so much money. It's like they really don't ever need to work again in their lives, right? There, there are those people. And you've, maybe you've known them. And what do they end up doing? Most of them that I've ever known, here's what they end up doing. You ready? Working. Like they have to. That, that's what they're designed to do. They can't just not work. You know these people. From the beginning, we were to rule over God's creation so that his reputation would grow. Don't miss that. So Hill City Church, I'm going to ask this. Why do you work? Step back and ask, why do I work? I'm going to get up tomorrow morning. I'm going to go to work. Why do I do that? I'm going to give you some reasons. Are you ready? This isn't an exhaustive list. I'm just going to give you some reasons why you work, some of them are good, some of them probably not so good. To accumulate money, to make money. But even I take it a further, some people work just to accumulate more and more money for themselves. Some people work to make a name for themselves. 
This is going on in, in church world where pastors are like building their brand. Have you, like you guys have seen this? Oh, it's so gross, right? Past, there, there are pastors who are working to build their brand and I want to vomit. Sorry, that wasn't even in my notes. I have no brand. I don't even know what that means. Some people work for fulfillment. That's a third reason, fulfillment. Some people work to retire. Listen, some people work to eat. Most of us work to eat. Some people work for protection. It's what gives them protection. Some people, some people work to hide. Meaning, maybe things aren't awesome at home, so I'm going to run and hide at work because it numbs the thing I don't like what's going on at home. Possibility. Some people work because they are expected to. These are all reasons for work, some good, some bad. But what are the biblical, like we go to the Bible, what are the reasons we as followers of Jesus should work? I'm going to start with pre-sin. There was a reason we worked, Genesis 1 and 2. And here it is. This is maybe, call this, maybe they're the same thing, maybe it's a coin with two sides. Service and stewardship. Service and stewardship is why we work. In our most perfect human state, we worked, and our work in its original form was to serve and to steward. In the book, the drama of Scripture, it says this, and at every point in God's work with it, the creation is described as good and very good. Over this good creation, God calls the human ruler to serve as steward or under-sovereign to embody God's own care for and protection of his good creation and his own sovereign rule over the earth. So how did we serve in our earliest work, meaning Genesis 1 and 2? We brought care, the care of God. We brought order. Remember me talking about how they named the animals? So we brought care. We brought order. And we brought out hidden potential. Healthy, good, and helpful potential. And listen, to steward and to serve is still our work, Hill City. This is still our work. I'm just going to name some jobs here, right? I can't name everyone's job, but I'll just, I'll, let me just, I made a list. Can I do the list? Here we go. A dentist. To serve and to steward. An electrician. A teacher. A financial advisor. A police officer. Maybe you're in construction. Maybe you own a gym, a fitness, real estate, a banker, a mother. Your job primarily is to serve and to steward. In the garden, say Genesis 1 and 2 with me. In the garden, there was so much potential that God left untapped. Listen, this is incredible. God did not need Adam and Eve. Do you know this? God does not need you. He does not need me. But he is so gracious. Amen? He doesn't need it. He, he didn't need. He allowed Adam and Eve. He allows us to bring out potential in what he created. He allows us to bring order. He allows us to care for his creation. This is our work. And hear me. I'll talk more about this next week. Should we not get joy from this? Because deep down, once you've done something, you know you've served someone. You know you've stewarded something well. There's something in you that's just like, yes. 
Yeah, God did that. We should get joy from that. Listen, for the kids, my third through fifth grade, listen, I, I, know, I know your parents, and I know they give you jobs. They give you things to do around your house, right? Whether that's picking up your room, maybe that's putting your dishes in the sink. Do you know why that they have you do that? Because they want you to learn stewardship and service. And right now, kids, listen to me, your work is to obey. That's your job. And you need to do that and do that well. Colossians 3, 23. Now this, now this is for the kids in the room, okay? This is for the kids in the room. This is for God's kids in the room. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men. Knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward, you are serving the Lord Jesus Christ. Kids, when you take your plate to the sink, you're serving Jesus God's kids, when you show up to work on time, you're serving Jesus. We work to serve and we work to steward. That's Genesis 1 and 2. But then in comes Genesis chapter 3 and now all of a sudden we've got another reason to work. See, sin has given us Another necessary reason for work, the second reason is this, to provide. You work to provide. Pre-fall, we work to serve and to steward. And listen, God is so gracious, he still allows us to do this. We still work for service and stewardship, but here's what happened when sin came in the world. The ground started fighting back, you know what I mean? The ground started fighting back. And post-fall, now we have to work to provide. Genesis chapter 3, verse 17. This was after sin, and God says to Adam, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten the tree of which I have commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. That wasn't the case in Genesis chapter 1 and chapter 2. You know how work stinks sometimes, guys? Sin. Thorns and thistles it will now bring forth for you. And you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken. For you are dust and to dust you will return. See, sin came in and messed up work. This theme continues in the New Testament. Paul's writing, 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. He says, listen, I want you, I want you to aspire to live quietly and to mind your own affairs and to work with your hands. I can't unpack that today. That's a pretty insane statement right there with what was going on in the culture. Working with your hands was something that was beneath the elites. Work with your hands as we instructed you so that you may walk properly before outsiders and be dependent on no one. That's 1 Thessalonians. I don't think they got it because if you read 2 Thessalonians, look what he had to follow up with in chapter 3. For even when we were with you, we would give you this command. If anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. For we hear that some among you walk in idleness, not busy at work, but busy bodies. Another sermon, can't go there today. Now, such persons we command and encourage the Lord Jesus Christ to do their work quietly and to earn their own living. And listen, you got to think about this culture, too, that, 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 that Paul is writing to. 
If they didn't like their job, it's not like, you know what, I'm going to go apply for a different one tomorrow. We're pretty blessed. Like, we can pick our work. We can pretty much pick our work. They didn't get to, and Paul's like, doesn't matter, just go to work. Be quiet, go to work. And then First Timothy, holy cow. But if anyone does not provide for his relatives, and especially for the members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Whoa. Listen, all this I just read you, before sin, this wasn't the case. Your primary reasons, if your primary motivation for work is something other than what God designed, your work's going to be meaningless. You guys remember Ecclesiastes? Remember that series? Listen, in the grand story, in the grand story, work matters. Work matters to God. Listen, I know some of you, some of you got a big church. Some of you are in a season right now. It's like, man... This is not a topic I wanted to come to church and hear about. I know. But let your theology of the sovereignty of God thank him that you're here hearing this today. Listen, we can do this. Everything I, We can work. We can work the way God wants us to work. We can work to serve. We can work to steward. We can work to provide. Here's how I know we can do this. We have a king who modeled this for us. We have a king who modeled this for us in his work for our salvation. This is Jesus. He modeled this in his life. Let me give you an example. John 17, I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. This is Jesus talking to the Father. Mark 10, 45, talks about the work in Jesus' life. It's this, for even the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. How does Monday morning sound, Hill City? How does Monday morning sound? Listen, his work didn't stop with his life. His work continued with the Jesus, with his cross. John 19, so they took Jesus and he went out bearing his own cross. That's a lot of work. To the place called the place of the skull, which in Aramaic is called Golgotha. We know what happened there. How does your Monday morning sound, Hill City? Are you going to work at the place of the skull tomorrow morning? See, our king modeled for us. His work didn't stop at the place of the skull. See, there was work in Jesus' resurrection. Luke chapter, four, uh, chapter 24, but on the first day of the week at early dawn, they went to the tomb taking the spices they had prepared, and they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but he has risen. Remember how he told you. Jesus said this. While he was still in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered in the hands of sinful men and be crucified. And on the third day, rise, Hill City Church. How does your Monday morning sound? Didn't stop there. John 16, 17, the work of Jesus in his ascension. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, it is to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper 
will not come to you. But if I go, I will send him to you. Luke 24, and he led them out as far as Bethany. Lifting up his hands, he blessed them. While he blessed them, he parted from them and was carried up into the heaven. Jesus ascended and his work didn't stop there. Romans 8, 34, who is to condemn? Question mark. Christ, Jesus is the one who died. More than that, who was raised. We've talked about that work. But now, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us? Hebrews 7.25, consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost to those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. Hill City Church, how does Monday morning sound? Our king modeled the work. Let's just do what he did. Let's wake up tomorrow morning and let's do what he did. And our perspective around our work will change. I'm going to end with this. We say this a lot around here, and it's true, but I just want to unpack it a little bit. We, we talk about a works-based salvation, right? And we don't believe in works-based salvation. Well, yes, we actually do. We do believe in a works-based salvation. It's just not our works. Everything I just read you, that's a lot of work. Jesus did all the work. Are you with me? We do believe in a works-based salvation, Jesus' work. And that's why we can get up tomorrow morning and we can go to work because we had a king who modeled it for us. And we are here as his representatives and that's what we get to do tomorrow morning. It's not what we have to do, it's what we get to do. You see the difference? Let's pray.